Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Marinaro on this Tuesday, May 2nd. It is one minute past 10 p.m., and the Dallas Stars have just scored again. All right, so Dallas up in their game versus the Seattle Kraken uh, by a score of one to nothing. When I say they scored again, because, of course, uh, they keep on scoring because here they are in the second round. And the Toronto Maple Leafs in their first game of round number two versus the Florida Panthers after eliminating the Tampa Bay Lightning, well, the – the Leafs lost, all right? So the Leafs lose to the Florida Panthers on home ice, and everyone in Toronto is um, is even keel again or back down to earth, maybe. Here I am, I'm saying this, but I'm the one who said that there was an open highway for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. And I said that before, and by the way, one game is not going to make me change my mind, all right? Okay, I still believe it. I, I, I still believe it. Four two winners, the Florida Panthers over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, Matthew Kachuk is a force to be reckoned with. And if the Leafs didn't figure it out watching Matthew Kachuk versus the Boston Bruins in round one, they certainly figured it out tonight. A big game awaits Toronto in game number two. And I know the teams have lost the first two games of the series before. I mean, Toronto was down three games to one versus Tampa and was able to come back in that series. So, um, you know, you, you take a look at the, pardon me, not three games to one. I'm talking about the Bruins were down three games to one. Listen, uh, the Bruins were up three games to one. Um, you know, in the playoffs, anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody. You can go down one game on losing home ice. You can go down two games, lose on home ice. You can be down 3-1 in a series. But you just get the feeling that the way this Florida Panthers team is playing and uh, this rush of adrenaline that they have, they're on such a high that you just get the feeling that Toronto better win game two because if they don't, uh, there could be some trouble because Florida could be really inspired going back on home ice. But then again, we thought the same thing about the New York Rangers who won the first two in Jersey. Then they went back to New York uh, and played at a Madison Square Garden games three and games four, and uh, it didn't work out. So it, it really, really uh, didn't work out. All right, okay. So Marinaro, it is the Sick Podcast, and I'm with you until 11 p.m., of course. And the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by. La Bit 
at TB. Brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And um, you know what? I had a chance to uh, talk to the good people, Abdel and Vito, in particular, over at XL Moto, the premier motorcycle and scooter dealership in Montreal for over 20 years. Their dealership carries seven different motorcycle and scooter brands, number one Aprilia and Piaggio ambassadors for the last five years. XL Moto, your ultimate destination and best customer service experience. Where are they? They're on Rue Paré, 5480 Paré, as a matter of fact. ExcelMoto.com. You have to check them out. As a matter of fact, if you go to their website as well, you're also going to see their phone number. It'll pop up right at the top of the right-hand screen on the right-hand side, and it is 514-738-6686. Nowhere else in Montreal should you be picking up a Piaggio or a Vespa scooter other than XL Moto on Paris? Why? Because Tony Marinero said so. That's why. We have a busy one today. Max Van Hoot is going to join us to talk Montreal Canadiens. Yes, Montreal Canadiens, because we have a lot to talk about. All right? He got it all started on his show. And then probably in about 25 minutes' time, Liam McGuire the hockey trivia expert in the world is going to join us because a lot of talk about Boston, a lot of Boston Bruins fans are going up on social media and they're talking about, you know, the Bruins and all the records they reached during the regular season and how many wins they had and how many points they had and how many losses they had and all that stuff. Well, if there ever has been a hockey historian, of course, it's Liam McGuire. He's going to put things in perspective, compare that Bruins team with that 1976-77 Haps team, and we'll see how they compare. We'll bring in Max Van Hoot. Max, how you doing? Tony, my man, I'm doing good, and you? Hey, what's going Hey, for whatever reason, and you've been on the show before, it must be that your lighting is very bright, because uh, I feel like the movie Ghost here, and I, wow, I've never <laughs> I, seen you look I look too white? Wait, 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 let me turn that down. Is that better? Ah, that, well, that's a lot better. You look like you were in better. serious need of some, from, uh, some foundation. <laughs> I was going to send a makeup artist to your place. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me put a bit of orange in this and shit. Even. I put the, uh, the white balance automatic. That's no good. Let's put oh. it a bit better. Is that better? Oh, yeah. well, you, but you're very, better. Uh, you're very sophisticated with what's going on That's over here. You're very better. sophisticated. All right. Okay. Hey, man, I moved. Look at this. The beautiful home studio now. You moved. I did. Oh, really? I did. So where did you move from and where did you move to? I moved from, I moved 700 meters away. <laughs> 700 meters away. Wow. Yeah. I moved from Plateau Mont-Royal to Plateau Mont-Royal. I moved in with my girlfriend. So we both had two small apartments. So we moved in a different one together. Ah, okay. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for taking this time away from your girlfriend to dedicate it to me and our sick army watching our sick community. <laughs> Everyone right now is watching live on YouTube. They're watching live on Twitter. They are watching live on Facebook. It is the sick podcast. We're going to be with you until 11 p.m., of course. And if you Hell like yeah. it, 
If you like what you're hearing, you like what you're seeing, like it, share it with your friends, and comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. All right, okay. Earlier today, on your radio show, on BPM Spa, and I saw this on social media, the discussion of Alexi Lafreniere came up. (laughs) For those who missed it, tell them what they missed, who brought it up, what was said, and give me your opinion. Okay, so um, so for those who don't know, so I host the show at 1.30 p.m. on BPM. And right before me is Big George, George Lerac. Uh, okay. For the duration of the playoff, George stays for 20 more minutes and we have playoff debates. So okay. it's mostly arguing about what's going to happen at night and, uh, you yeah. know, sports betting and stuff. But every day we start off with a more general hockey question to light things up. And okay. so with Alexis Lafreniere's stats line during the playoff, which is an egg pretty much everywhere. He yes. is minus two and has nine shots. So not literally everywhere, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um, and the fact that he's an RFA and that Kent Hughes said in the uh, post-season press conference that he could be looking for another Kirby Doc-like situation. Okay. I plan on coming on the show and asking people, would you be okay with the Habs doing a Kirby Doc trade? And then I get it's a great question, by the way, because when the Canadians acquire Kirby Doc, if I can, they acquire Kirby Doc at 21 years of age, a player who was drafted third overall in his draft year. And in Alexei Lafreniere, you have a 21 year old player who was drafted first overall in his draft year. And of course, add to that that Alexis Lafreniere is from Saint Eustache, Quebec. There's a lot of people that want him here. Max, the question's been brought up before, but the timing has never been better for a question like this. Exactly. Because I think it's very appropriate. Exactly. And well, thank you for t- saying this, Tony, because coming okay. from one of the GOAT of Montreal Sports Radio, I yeah. appreciate it. So anyway, I get to the station, and well, George did some George before me, which was to say that he would go as far as trading the number six pick for Alexis Lafreniere. So in the uh, the hypothetical case where the Habs draft yeah. six. So I start the debate and I go, I have to talk to you first. I have to ask to you about that, about that number six pick. And so we have a debate about it. Okay. Um, I don't agree personally with giving the he number six pick. He specifically said the number six pick, by the way. Yeah. He's not so, trading the first. He's not trading no. the second. If they keep he fifth, trading he's the not fifth, trading though. that. Yes, he said. So I asked him to precise. He said first and two, no. He said five, six, or seven, yes. So wow. five, he would do okay. with two. All right. So okay. I asked him, we debate and we debate and we debate. And to which I say, I'm willing to include something else. But also, I, I bring in the discussion, Pierre Luc Dubois, because okay. there is also this. this. These do not live in separate. But it wouldn't universe, be another right? day in Quebec if we weren't talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, exactly. like he's the so, only hockey player who ever exists right now. I mean, that's. Uh... Exactly. So the conversation yeah. goes on and on. I would agree for a Kirby Doc-like trade. A Kirby Doc-like trade for me is not the number five, is not the number six, it's not the number seven. I am yeah. willing to take my bet on those pick instead of Alexis Lafrenia. I'm willing. But yes. I do tell to him, I do Breaking say to him... Breaking news, the team in green that matches the same color as your cap, by the way, is now up by a score of two to one oh, because yeah. the, the Kraken had tied it and now they're up. 2-1 for the Dallas Stars. Please continue uh, for the benefit of those watching, of course, who are watching full, like right now with both their eyes here and not watching TV. 
I wanted to give them an update. It's my way of saying thank you for watching me, and I, I got your back. I want to give you an update. So it's two one dollars. Go ahead, my man. And I want to thank you because my iPad had fallen behind. It was still one to nothing for me here, and so now I put it live. Wow. But uh, with that being said, uh, so I te- I told him I said okay, look, I will give you one thing. I will give the number five picks, maybe if and only if. The Montreal Canadian make a trade that makes sense. I'm not l- emptying the the Real for Pierre Luc Dubois because apparently he wants to come next year. You come next year if you want, but I, I am willing if the price is not too steep to make him come one year early. So I said if they do get Dubois, then I am willing to talk about that number six pick because if you have Dubois, then it could be interesting to have a prospect that is er- that is. Um, further down his development, like Alexis Lafreniere, than the number six pick. And then, then I'm willing to talk. Because then, you know what? That would at least be pretty damn interesting. <laughs> yes, I and I understand all of that, okay? And I also understand that there's this thing in Montreal and in the province of Quebec um, to try and get as many Quebec-born players here. And I understand the... Um, I understand the 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 wanting i understand the arguments but the only thing i always say is let's put things in context and it's not because they're a player from here that they should be an automatic i've said this before and i'm going to say it again i I like pierre luc dubois as a player i do you cannot tell me there's not a lot of red flags though and I don't care who I talk with and how much they convince me that he was good in Columbus or how much they convince me that he was the best player for the Jets in the series. I see red flags. For me, when a very reputable reporter and journalist like Aaron Portsline of The Athletic, who has covered the Columbus Blue Jackets for the longest time and was very close to John Tortorella, is very close to the organization, is very close to the management group, is very close to the players, uh, when he tells me that Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted to be traded to the Montreal Canadiens and put in a trade request. And the Columbus Blue Jackets did not want to trade him. When he says that he's hearing that the Canadians were about to make an offer sheet for Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Columbus Blue Jackets, in turn, traded two players so that they can make room to match any offer sheet. But Dubois was upset about it. And because nothing was budging on the trade front, The Dubois went out there in one particular shift, which has made the rounds of the world and on YouTube, and he completely dogged it for 20 seconds. He looked like the most disinterested person ever in the world, right? I've had ex-girlfriends that have looked more interested in me than he looked interested (laughs) in being on that ice that night, okay? He looked like the most disinterested person in the world, okay? Yeah, I remember. When Aaron Portsline says... But the reason why he was doing it is because that was his response to the GM saying, you don't want to trade me? Well, in turn, this is what I'm going to do. I think that's a terrible attitude to have. I think it's a strategy that worked, obviously, because it was his last shift in Columbus and he was traded. But for me, Max, that's a huge red flag. Huge. I get it. But at the same time, you know... I don't know, man. I mean, Eli Manning didn't want to play for the freaking San Diego Chargers and made sure that he was traded. Um, I don't, 
you have so many players who do not want to play here of his caliber. So when there is one who apparently wants it that badly, I will get it. And I would not be saying this for a player who has not shown to me that he has the capability of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has the size that he has, who has the the, 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 the skill set. It's definitely, definitely... Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure if I have the right term here, but no, that's not right. I, I, I understand your red flags. I understand your red flags. No, no, but I, I understand your red flag is what I mean to say. But to me, you know what? Um, it's, a, it's a calculated risk. It's a it's a risk I am comfortable with, and it's a risk I am well, comfortable with risk, at the right price. The, well, at the right price, correct. Then it's a calculated risk at the right price. But what's the price here? By the way, Seattle has tied it up at two. What's the price here? Um, I would be comfortable with Nick Suzuki contract plus, I don't know, just whatever the inflation has been since Nick Suzuki has signed his contract. So plus 2.5, sorry, plus 250,000 a year or whatever. I would be comfortable with that. But at the same time, what what message do you send to Suzuki? Why is that? Why is that? They have the similar stats. Because. Very similar stats line. Hold on a second. How How did Nick Suzuki pick up his stats this year? You want to know how he picked them up? Oh, yeah, he with bad players. Up, I get that. He, he picked them up on a team that had 760 man games lost. He picked them up on a team that had five young players playing on defense. The Kraken have scored again, by the way. They're up by a score yeah. of two, three to two. He picked, he picked them up on a team playing with five young defensemen. He picked them up on a team where Cole Caulfield was hurt and missed like half the season or whatever he missed. That the, the Sean Monahan was hurt, that Dvorak was hurt, that Gallagher was hurt, that the, that that everyone was hurt on this team. They, you know, they were a team, the Montreal Canadiens, that a year ago had finished last overall, uh, and and this past season, of course, they finished fifth last. And um, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois picked it up in Winnipeg, much less pressure market than Montreal, much better team than Montreal, a playoff team contrary to Montreal. You know, playing with the likes of uh, Shifley, playing with the likes of Kyle Connor. I'm sorry to tell me that they have a similar stat line. Not the same thing for me at all. Now, you bring in a player who wanted out of Columbus and then wanted out of Winnipeg, who has the reputation of being a player who looks great when he's in the mood, looks awful when he's not in the mood. And you have the captain here who when I talk to Mike Matheson about Nick Suzuki, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is leader, who was an example for this team from start to finish, who brought it many, many, most nights, 90% of the season he brought it. His attitude is exemplary. And we're going to bring in Pierre-Luc Dubois from the outside. We're going to bring him in, and we're going to give him more money than Nick Suzuki. I'm sorry, it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, but that's just business. I mean, that is one of the weirdest things in sports, whereas if you sign your contract in 2019, you're going to get less money than if you sign it two years. That's why I'm saying same contract, but a little plus if uh, this is what is needed. But with that being said, the presence of a like of Nick Suzuki is actually the type of thing that makes me more comfortable with Pierre-Luc Dubois. The Winnipeg Jets is one of the weirdest and i'm being polite franchise in the last few years i would be so curious to be a fly in that room to know what mm-hmm. exactly is the influence of mark shifley and uh, blake wheeler with this trip of the captaincy i will give you one thing 
Pierre, I don't think that Pierre-Luc Dubois is a leader. I do not think he is a leader, or at least not at this stage of his life. Being He's a, a leader is something that He's... you can lead. Yeah, it can He's be learned. Yeah, It can be learned, but at this stage, I agree that he is not a leader, and that is why I do not think he has made a difference with the Winnipeg uh, Jets. Because he had similar stat line back in Columbus with a less stacked team. Yes. If he comes in, and he does yeah. come in and plays yeah. with Caulfield mm -hmm. and Suzuki, because personally, he comes in and he starts on the wing. He comes in and he starts. And don't get me started on having the the three center men. Uh, in the, today's NHL, the best teams have three center men on two lines, and they have one of them on the wing. And when one gets injured, he gets back in the center. When the face off, whatever. And on this line, yeah, I do think that he, Suzuki, Doc, where whoever you put him with, they all get uplifted. They all get uplifted. You need more good players than you need than you can have. And I think that, yes, he is the type of player that would um, accelerate the whole process. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's just say the Montreal Canadiens, they move up in the lottery and they get the second pick overall. And yeah. with that second pick, they decide to draft Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson, yeah. two centermen, right? Yeah. So one or the other. Then you can have the three centermen, of course, with Suzuki, with Doc, and with Fantilli or Carlson. At that point, you still want to go out and make a deal for Dubois? Probably, yeah. No, now Probably. it's an obsession then. More, more, no, more. I mean, now, Willie now Carson, obsessed. Willie. No, no, Willie, uh, Willie Nylander was a center before being in the NHL. Nobody talks I, about it because yes. he doesn't need to be an, 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 an NHL or uh, so was, uh, a center Andre in the Marcos. NHL. 4-2 Seattle, by the way. Yeah, this, is the, this game, I did not expect that coming. I did not see that coming. But no, it's not. It's You know what? How does Team Canada mount its team? They take a thousand centermen and they put them on the wing. I don't care. You're much better in that situation than you were when you took Jonathan Drouin and you made him yeah. a centerman while he was not. I, I prefer that. So, yeah, I have no problem. The other was a damn good left winger. You know, I'm going to tell you the winger. problem. I'm going to tell you the problem. And by the way, I expected Seattle to do this. And by the way, I expected Florida to do this in game one. I've seen this movie before. It's the carryover oh. of a game seven. It's adrenaline. It's momentum. It's riding the wave. Florida, right. I agree. I did not expect Jacob Tinger to let Toronto four goals didn't in play. The first no, no, I, and neither did I. No, I didn't expect four goals in a period either. But uh, Toronto didn't go to a game seven, and Dallas didn't go to a game seven. Yeah. Seattle and Florida, on the contrary, did. And so I expected this. All right. Mind you, this one's far from over. There's four minutes left in period number one. But I'm going to tell you this. You said to me, Pierre Luc Dubois yeah. is not a leader, he's a follower. And I said to you, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen because once again, 20 years I've been doing this. I've seen this movie before. Okay. I've seen this movie before. If Pierre-Luc Dubois comes here and you have a lot of your friends that work radio and television that are asking for him and asking for him and asking for him. And, and there's a certain sector of the fan base that is asking for him and asking for him and asking for him as well. Okay. I saw this movie before. It happened with Jonathan Drouin, and I was on that side. I had someone very close to the situation whispering in my ear, Jonathan Drouin really wants to come to Montreal. You know, spread really? the word. Yeah, spread the word. Make it happen. This, that. You know, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, but I hear about Jonathan's attitude. No, no, no. It's not true. Jonathan's attitude. Cooper like this. Iserman like that. Tampa Bay like this. Yeah, but you know what? Montreal, Pressure City. No, no, no. Jonathan thrives on the pressure. You know, he, he, he was playing for Halifax before that. He was playing for Lac St. Louis. And in Montreal, it would be great. It would bring out the best of Jonathan. He grew up like in the Montreal Canadiens, wants to play there, his family, his friends, wants to play, blah, 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 blah. Six years later, 
Ash que fio for you, my friend. Ça finit mal, mal, mal. Ash que fio, we say. Okay, so now, here's the problem. You ready for this? You, I'm Max, so ready, Tony. you come on the sick podcast on this Tuesday, May 2nd, and right now we're like 23 minutes into the show, and you say, Pierre-Luc Dubois is not a leader, he's a follower. And I say, I agree with you. The second he puts on that Montreal Canadiens uniform and he plays his first game, eh, there's going to be a lot of those people that we're talking about that are going to make him bigger than he is. I understand. Bigger that. than the team. And they're going to end up putting a lot of pressure on him. Pressure that based on what we've seen thus far in his career, going he back to... Uh, going back... I'm not so sure he can take the pressure. I'm really not. There's a track I record understand. with this player, right? You remember where he was playing in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League? You remember? Yeah. Cap Breton and blainville Boisbriand. Correct. So Blainville acquired him down the stretch for their for their, uh, for their playoff. Run, right? good. Well, uh, he did pick up like 22 points in 19 games. It was a good playoff. But no, no, in the not final... At this point in his, not at this point in his career. In the final, they got swept. Exactly. They got swept, and, and he had an he, he based on what I, I remember, he did not have a very good final. Now, no, he, he did not have a good, good time in the, uh, with Yamada. He puts up points, you know, he always has. There's no doubt about it. This year's his best season in the National Hockey League with 63 points in, in 73 yeah. games. He put up four points in the playoffs in five games. But he's one of those players that you see the talent and then you don't see it for three or four games. You see the intensity on a couple of shifts in a couple of games and then you don't see it for two. Players like that drive you crazy. He's, he's an upgrade on Josh Anderson. But he's not... Oh, yeah, yes. No, I understand that. But he's not... He falls into those same habits. You know what I mean? And I so if you want to give him over $8 million... I'm not giving him over eight. Well, I mean, you told me uh, 250,000 more than Suzuki will make 7.875 million dollars. Yeah, that's I mean, eight. Uh, so that's, that's eight flush. Eight. Wow. All right. I'm giving him eight flush. You're giving Straight him eight off. flush. Throw more. Here's, a, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Um, I, I get the, and you know, when we were talking about Lafreniere, two people, right now, people, uh, Jonathan Drouin is the plague right now. What I mean by this is like, Every, every mention of a Quebecer coming here is like Droit 2.0, Droit 2.0, Droit 2.0. Look, I think, unfortunately, Jonathan Droit is a really unfortunate case. I don't think you're going to have many similar cases. Could be wrong on this. But on the point of Dubois. Um, the Quebecers, we get carried away. You want to know why, Max? And I'm sorry to cut you off. We think always with our heart and we don't think with our head. You remember last year, all of Quebec. Hey, as-tu vu la transaction Floride-Calgary? <laughs> L'impantère, il pensait à quoi? Juste, Not Jonathan Huberdo, il est meilleur déjà deux fois mieux que Mathieu Kachuk. Et en plus, ils ont donné Mackenzie Uyghur. <laughs> hey, everyone that said that, ils ont l'air des caves aujourd'hui. Everyone looks stupid. Matthew Kachuk, what we're seeing from Matthew Kachuk. You already what know what I think Jonathan about him. So. Yeah, and but listen, and by the way, it was the wrong coach for Jonathan Huberdeau, and I love It Jonathan Huberdeau. I thought Jonathan Huberdeau was the MVP in the National Hockey League. 
not this past season, but the year before, obviously. I thought he was amazing, okay? But it's just what I'm trying to say is we're very passionate people, us Quebecers. We love our Quebec-born players. I get it. And it's true, and it's great that we love them, but sometimes it clouds our judgment because we listen to our heart and not to our head. I agree. I agree, but there are two things here. First, I I completely agree with you, and as a guy who is 31 years old, so of the age of the players who are in the NHL right now, that is one thing that I often say, and it's not to disrespect any member of the media older than me, but I feel that sometimes they do forget that for our generation – Putting yeah. on the CH does not represent the same things at it would have meant for somebody older for many reasons. One of them. That's a great point. Sucked. For those who that saw the flying Frenchman back that. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I often say, in a great example is Philip Dano. Philip Dano could have had a contract. Could have, he tasted the Stanley Cup final with that. Yeah. And he still left for sunny California. And I'm not mad at him because I would have left for LA too. But for every Philip Dano, you have a David Savard who decides to come here and says specifically in his press conference, I wanted to raise my kid in French. And it's not just the David Savard of this world. You had a great interview with freaking Mike Madison a few days ago. Yeah, and yeah. To me, Mike Madison is, I remember his interview after the afternoon New York Islanders game where he made the play. I think it's Mike Hoffman who scored, but he made the play or whatever. He was the first star. He was the one doing the interview. And he was there with his, his beautiful accent being like, and I think I remember clearly him saying, yeah. I was one of you and I want you to know it. And I'm so proud of it. So for every Philip Dano who decided to leave, for every Joe Dwayne who couldn't handle it, when you have one who says he can't take it, I am willing to say, yeah, come yeah. here and prove it. I but am I, willing listen, to say it. I'll finish, I'll I'll finish on this on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Once again, everyone knows he's a good player, but he's not a necessity. He would be a luxury. They have Oh, I would agree with that. Take I a look at that. the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had two top centermen. They had Matthews and they had Tavares. What did they yeah. do? They went out to get Ryan O'Reilly. Now, in the year that they thought that they were a Ryan O'Reilly away from getting over the, to, to making that push in the playoffs. All right, okay. Um, I can agree with that. You know, now, so George said that he would trade his fifth pick overall for Alexi Lafreniere. He would. Well, I'm going to get George on the podcast in a couple of days. And he and I are going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go head to head, my friend. Oh, we're going to go. And by the way, I always like Lexi Lafreniere, but, and yeah, anyway, we'll tackle in a couple of days, but I will say this. I will say this. It's true that he put up zeros everywhere, but I find the fact that a lot of people are pointing the finger at Lafreniere's zeros when he was playing on a third line. I don't know. It's just dumb. With less ice time than all the fat cats on that team. Exactly. The guys to point the finger at, if you want, the top three guys in no particular order are Panarin, Kane, and Tarasenko. Those are the oh, guys. Don't put Ziba in it. Zibanejad a little bit less. And by the way, yeah. let me explain. Okay, let me explain. Okay. Zabanajad is going head to head with either Jack Hughes or Nico Hischer. Okay. And okay. and so a little bit less because on the guys that I talked to you about, Tarasenko, winger, Kane, yeah. winger, Panarin, winger. Less responsibilities, 
don't have to play a 200-foot game. And as a matter of fact, I'm sure the coach would be willing for others to do some of the defensive work if these guys would pick up points and score goals. Agreed. They were no-shows, man. Complete no-shows. Yeah. So if I would say, look, Zabanajak comes in the second tier of players that you can point your finger at, but in the first tier, I got Kane, I got Tarasenko, and I got Panarin. Look, Alexis Lafreniere is, and I was talking about this today. Can you remember in the 21st century, a first overall pick who, because the Rangers were in the bubble that year. The Rangers yeah. were actually a pretty good team. Okay. And they were probably the best team to have won the lottery these past year. So do you remember okay. a first overall pick getting in the NHL in a similar situation as to what Lafreniere has, which is he's coming in as a third liner with freaking stud ahead of him, uh, barely any power play opportunities, and that's uh, the condition in which he has to develop. I can't think of anybody, to be honest. Somebody said the uh, Logan Patrick. He was two overall, but still, yeah, number two uh, overall. His concussions actually did him in. Poor guy. Exactly. But, uh, I don't feel yeah. like I don't. I can't think of anybody else. I can't think of anybody else who had to develop in a as a. Uh, uh, a bottom six player on such uh -huh. a good team. And I don't know, like both Capo Caco and him so far, I have not delivered yeah. on the expectation. And I do wonder if there is part of it is because the Rangers are trying to win right now. They are trying to win. They're a bust this year, the Rangers. Oh, big disappointment. Big disappointment. Uh, you know what? Why don't we do this? Uh, because you asked the question, okay? This is yeah. going to be, this is going to be great. Okay. Uh, do we have, uh, do we have Liam McGuire? We don't have Liam McGuire yet. We don't have Liam McGuire yet. We're trying to get Liam McGuire. Liam McGuire is supposed to join us. Let me check my phone to see if, uh, if we have Liam McGuire. Give me one second here. There's absolutely no problem, Tony. Let me entertain your okay. fine viewers right now. How are you doing people? Uh -huh. No way you trade a top seven pick for Lafreniere. I can agree with okay. that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let me see. People arguing about who were worse for the Rangers during the playoff. That's actually okay. Funny. Okay, okay. I th I think we. I you know if we have Liam McGuire, I'd love to be able to. Uh, I'd love to be able to bring Liam in here. Hold on a second, okay. Bear with me here, guys. At Master Control, the Sammy, and okay, they're talking to him. He's coming on any second now. Okay, you right. asked the question. In the meantime, in the meantime. Uh, I once again, I, I want to give a shout out uh, to uh, Ali, Ali uh, and Vito from Excel Moto, excelmoto.com for your Piaggio and your Vespa. Vespa, the goat of scooters. No other place in Montreal you want to pick up your Piaggio or your Vespa scooter other than Excel Moto. All right. You asked the question. So, uh, Liam McGuire is probably listening to it right now. Ask it again. Your question was, in the history of the National Hockey League, or yeah. as far as you can remember, yeah, yeah. The, when the, was the last, the last 21st time? year? Okay, so in the last two decades, when was the last exactly. time a first pick overall had to develop in the such National Hockey League? Joe Thornton? Were the Boston Bruins that good back then? I'm a bit too young to remember. You know, well, listen, the guy who's going to tell us, the guy who's going to tell us is obviously going to be Liam McGuire because he's the number one hockey historian in the world. Oh. But the reason why I bring this up is, oh, I think I know. I think I know. Who? Who? Vincent Cavalier. 
were Tampa that good? They weren't good yet. So Vincent Le Cavalier, when he was drafted, you remember the owner said that he was going to be the next Michael yeah. Jordan of hockey, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Jacques Demers, Jacques Demers put Vincent Le Cavalier Captain. on the third line. Oh, on the third line that year. But now, were Tampa think we had a good of, hockey team? They weren't a good hockey team, no. They were, um, no, no. I think their leading point getter was... Uh, was Darcy Tucker. I bet I think he had Chris Grattan in front of him, but uh, he still picked up more points. Joe Thornton, I'm trying to think now. Joe Thornton, when the Bruins drafted Joe Thornton, no, they weren't a good hockey team because they had the number one pick overall, obviously, right? Yeah, I don't think there was and they had the um, They had uh, Jason Allison yeah. ahead of him at center. And they had a couple uh, of yeah. other players, but the Jason Allison was their number one centerman at the yeah. time. It's one thing to have guys ahead, but to have people ahead and being in the mood to win. That to me, that's the key. Like, even like I guess you could say Crosby, because Pittsburgh, as soon as they, they won got the lottery, Crosby, they, they turn yeah, but they turn into we're yeah. trying to win now that we have Sid, and they did. They won like four years later. I think they won in yeah, the, and they had, they won they the had, final in 08. They were rebuilding when they had picked up Crosby. Uh, but yeah. three or four years later, yeah, uh, they had picked the up. The difference, uh, though. They got Malkin number two overall in the draft the year before. Yeah, exactly. But the difference was that Crosby was Crosby. He was generational. It's like you and I, when we were talking earlier this year, uh, yeah. I think it was back in January, we were saying that if you get Bedar, the rebuild is over. You're entering a different mindset because he's Bedar. Lafreniere yeah. is not that type of player. Crosby was that type of player. Sidney Crosby was the best hockey player in the world at 19 years old. Bears basic, well, 20 years old, I guess. So mm-hmm. that's different. That So even there, like Pittsburgh got into that mood because of Crosby. The Rangers are not getting in that mood because of Lafreniere. They're getting in that mood despite Lafreniere. I don't know if that's Hold on sense. a second. Jose Lavec, La Belle Jose, she says, stop your nonsense. The Rangers are never going to give up Lafreniere. I'm not so convinced. Me neither. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not there. I'm not in the Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, uh, building, and I'm not in the, uh, I'm not in the, uh, in the uh, offices of upper management. But I, I'm willing to bet that Alexi Lafreniere is not an untouchable on the New York Rangers. I'd be willing Just to bet get- that. Just look at the cap. He's a restricted free agent. K. Andre Miller is a restricted free agent who already deserves a big pay bump because he he's a stud, by the he way. Can do. He, he's exactly. a stud. He's a stud. Um, Philippe Till contract is entering next year. I think it's just two million more, but that's that. So already there, K. Andre Miller is signing for what? Five, 5.5. I don't know. Will they give him bridge? Will they give him already seven for a long time? I don't know. But you, just with those two players, you have somewhere from like five to six million up. Uh, so I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. All right. Let's bring in Liam McGuire. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. All right. So I had you on the podcast last week. I think most people know you by now. You are the premier hockey historian in the world. You're known as Mr. Trivia, the the number one trivia expert in the world. And you've been known that guy to be that guy for a very, very long time. They have you at banquets. They have you at functions. you, you, You tour all over the world. People bring you in. They try and stump you. And more often than not, you cannot. I want to introduce you to Max Van Hoot of BPM Sports, who's a young pup. He's 31 years old. Max, I don't know if you you know of Liam McGuire, 
because you're a young puck, but a young pup, but he's been once again Mr. Trivia for probably how many years now, uh, Liam? Well, professionally 42, but uh, you know what, Tony? You know what, Tony? Yesterday, yesterday was the 48th anniversary. Hold on a second here now. Yeah, 48th anniversary of my first game ever at the Montreal Forum. Wow. Okay. All right. Pretty cool. All right. Okay. 40 year, th- awesome. 48-year anniversary. That's pretty awesome. Max yeah. asked a question. Max got a, a, a very good radio show in Montreal, Liam, en français, in French, at BPM yeah. Sports Radio 91.9 on your FM dial. Uh, he's, uh, he's on between uh, 1.30 p.m. and 3.30 p.m. weekdays. And he asked a question. We're talking about Alexi Lafreniere. And, and, you know, we, we, we both realized that, you know, he didn't, he had an underwhelming playoff, but yeah. we said, you know what, there's others that should have more of the blame than he should, because he's 21, they're 30, they're 31. We're talking about Patrick Kane. We're talking about Panarin. We're talking about Tarasenko. The list goes on and on. Yeah. And then Max asked a question. He said, Tony, in the last 20 years, can you think of a number one pick overall who went to a team that within a couple of years was already, you know, a playoff team and a legitimate contender. Uh, and he had, you know, he was, he's fitting in on your third line because most players that are drafted first overall, they get drafted by a really, really bad team. And it takes them a really, really long time before they become competitive. Right. So I don't know if you got the question, but if you did, can you think of someone off the top of your head? Because if you can't, nobody can. Well, 20 years, so you're going back to 03. Um, I mean, even you just look at the Calder Trophy winners since that time, which, of course, are not the guys who went first overall typically, although I think 11 or 12 of them have since the Universal Draft started in 1967. But, I mean, boy, you know, you got to write that list down and take a look at it because guys like, uh, you know, the OVs and the SIDS and whatnot just went – right up to first line, right away, first line minutes, first line impact. Yeah, I mean, Sid playing with Mario on some of the power play units in that first year. I mean, he had such such a – he was already going to be gifted. But that's okay, move away from him. So well, – Hold on a second. Let's, let's, let's do this. He said 20 years, okay? So let's, let's actually start with – because let's go to 2002, okay? Yeah. 2003 yeah. was that – that best draft. May, you know what? We might even start 2000, the start of the 2000s. You remember sure. the first pick overall in 2000? Rick DiPietro. DiPietro? Correct. Tw- 2001? Nash? No. no I Kovalchuk. 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 Nash was yeah. 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Marc Andre Fleury was 2003. Right. Ovechkin was 2004. Crosby yeah. was 2005. I, I remember yeah. these off the top of my head. 2006. Yeah. Eric Johnson. Uh, I, I'd have Saint to look Louis it Blues. up. But yes, is Eric Johnson. Yeah. 2007 is Patrick Kane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2008 is, is Stamkos. Stamkos. Yeah. 2009, I remember it. It's the. Yep. Yeah. These guys, you're right. I mean, they all went to first lines pretty much right away, right? Yeah, 2010 was uh, t- Taylor Hall with yeah. the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. That started the Edmonton run. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Newton-Hopkins. 
Yes, yeah. and Yakupov, Yakupov was the year after. And the reason why I remember that is because the Edmonton Oilers had the first pick overall three years in a row. Yeah, Three years in a row uh, and four out of five. Aaron Eggblad? McJesus? Yeah. I guess you could say Austin Matthews, but Austin Matthews was a 40-goal scorer from the, from the get-go. But he has never missed the playoff. Austin Matthews has never missed the playoff. So, But he was a 40-goal goal scorer right from the start of his career. Um, None of this is looking good on Lafreniere. Rasmus Dahlin, <laughs> Jack Hughes, Lafreniere, Owen Power, and Uri Slavkowski. Exactly. So, no, nobody's ever been in that situation. Yeah. I mean, in the last 20 years, and then even if you go back, you know, it, it you, you can handpick some guys if you go back in the draft. But, I mean, what's going on in New York with Lafreniere, certainly I think everybody gave him a mulligan for the first year, and depending on how you want to grade how he was being coached. Or how I'm not coached, but his ice time or whatever. I yeah. mean, the Rangers, you know what? The bottom, he played well in the playoffs last year, you know? Uh, he did. He did. So... It's, it's, and I watched a lot of their games and I mean, the guy took some great shots. I mean, they, now, now they got a rookie goalie and it's got shades of, you know, whoever you want to say, go back to Dryden, Patrick Waugh, Cam Ward. Cam I mean, Ward. you know, it just these rookie goalies are stepping in and this guy, he made some great saves on Lafreniere. I just, I watch his work ethic. I saw people today uh, on, on social media were referring to his weight and maybe he's slower. Boy, I don't know. I don't see that. He, he's always had a physical side to him. I mean, he came out of that World Junior where he played hurt, and him and yeah. Barrett Hayden willed that team to gold medal. They're down 3-1 three, three, with 10 minutes to go against the Russians overseas. They come back. They, 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 he just looked like they can't miss. I don't know anybody who wasn't going to take him number one overall. I don't yeah. know what's going on in New York. There's a number of different factors. This year, more importantly, most in, of, of all really is – Highlighted the fact that maybe there's some shortcomings there, not off the ice, but in terms of the relationship with the coaching staff, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, Gerard Gallant, I mean, geez, uh, I know him personally. I I, I, I think that uh, I hated when he left Montreal. I thought, oh, my I, God. I, I, got they, a, I, want- I, got a, I got a theory on Gerard Gallant and on the coaching, but I know you and I are going to talk about the Boston Bruins and the records that they set this season. Max, I so appreciate your time. We're going to talk Boston Bruins with Liam here. Thanks for joining me and uh, everybody watching. Listen to Max Van Hood at BPM Spa Radio, Monday through Friday, 1.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Merci beaucoup, mon chat. Tony, my man, always a pleasure. All Liam, right. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Merci, Thank Max. You. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Il est parti. Salut, Salut says, les uh, Says my buddy uh, Roger Brulat, of course. Okay. Uh, I want to get to something. I have a theory on this, okay? And and I spoke about this with Michel Bergeron today. Le Petit Tigre. He's in fine form, by the way. We work television together. It's always nice to see him. So we were talking about coaches in the National Hockey League, some of which are old school coaches, some of which are modern day coaches, right? And we were talking about Gallant. We were talking about Lindy Ruff. And you know what he said to me? He said, Tony, you know who I think was a catalyst in that series? And it's not too many people that have said this, and it's not too many people who have brought up his name. Who do you think Michel Bergeron said was a catalyst in that series for the Devils? Is he a defenseman? He's assistant coach Andrew Burnett. 
Oh, and yeah. he said, and he said, Tony, Andrew Brunette is a modern day hockey thinker and a modern day hockey coach. You watched the way he had the Florida Panthers playing offense last year no and question. rocking and rolling. And yeah. he said he came to the Devils and he's helped Lindy Ruff with many facets of the game. And if you watch the Devils play hockey, it's not Lindy Ruff hockey. It resembles more Andrew Burnett hockey. Look, I don't okay. know whether, Fair. you know, the, the whole. Oh, lost you, Tony. Probably my phone. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. You're you're coming in and out there, but uh, we we got you back. And listen, th- th- this is technology. It is what it is, and for yeah. the most part, it works. And every now and then, there's uh, you live with it. It's okay, you know. Uh, all right, in Boston, a lot of Bruins fans obviously are livid. They did not yeah. expect this. Okay, uh, yeah. Late in the regular season, they were chanting, "We want the cup." Okay. Yeah. With the Bruins. Up in that series. And then Patrice Bergeron comes back. And then David Krejci comes back. I mean, no one expected them, especially not in Boston. No one expected them to lose. Talk to me about the 76-77 Habs. Put things in context here. For those who are talking about the Boston Bruins, 135 points, the best regular season team ever. Compare the two. First of all, let's just back things up just one second. I want to make a comment about Andrew Burnett. Uh, 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 that was an outstanding input there because that's certainly a name I would not have thought of. I thought that Florida. Now again. I... Um, I, I, I love that, although I'll give Paul Maurice a lot of credit. And I'm, Florida time done. With, uh, I'm having a hard time. Do you, you hear me, Liam? I can hear you, buddy, but I, I know we're breaking in and out. I, it's, I'm, in, I'm in a small village south of Ottawa with not oh. great internet connection. So. Ah, really? Okay, it's okay. Let, let's try it one more time, yeah. and if it doesn't work out, quickly on Andrew Burnett and compare the Canadians and the Bruins. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw a comment out there. You made a nice comment about something that not a lot of people know, and, and – and, uh, I, I I just think that's a fair point because I thought he did an outstanding job in Florida, and and uh, I'll give credit where it's due. Paul Maurice did a great job in winning that first round against uh, as a coach, and and you know the team did it. But I mean, let's see what happens here going forward. But look, the 76-77 Habs are the fourth best greatest winning percentage. Like the greatest winning percentage, the twenty nine thirty Boston Bruins who lost to the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. So, you know, regular season is a regular season. But the 76-77 halves, 160 games lost, 8 tied 12, 377, 171 against 132 points, lost two in the playoffs, won the cup, second of four in a row, as we all know. Nobody's touching that. If somebody wants to come along, play more games with the rules and everything else, and right, Liam, but now we know. Uh, so I appreciate your else, contributions, Tony. but you're jamming up again. Uh, right. Let's let's uh, see if we can continue this at another point. All right, you got uh, because, it. Because uh, you're in a small village, the internet say the signal is weak, like you said. All right, you got me. You're back, yeah, Liam. Liam, uh, I think most people caught the the basically what you were saying. You're right. Your internet signal is very very low. You're cutting it yeah, out. Don't worry about, about it. It, 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 it's techno- it happens. Don't worry about it. Uh, it. It's all good. 
Let's take a let's uh, let's do this again sometime soon in the next week if you can. You'll you find yourself in another place with a better internet signal, and we'll continue uh, this conversation. All right. All right, buddy, you got it. Maybe even tomorrow night when I actually got confirmation that I have a gentleman who's going to be joining me from the Sports Hub 98.5 in Boston tomorrow. Maybe we can get uh, Liam back if he's going to have a better internet signal at that point. Thank you, Liam. Have a good one. I'm going to get to some questions, some of your questions coming in. Uh, Here we go. Um, And some of the questions coming in are... Fans expect excellence in Habsland. Well, that's just a comment. It's uh, not a question. And uh, yes, they do. Uh, others coming in. Sammy Cavallaro on Master Control, if you want to put a couple of questions in. They won't trade him for the Florida pick. He was a first overall. All right, okay. And uh, we're talking about uh, Lexi Lafreniere. Thunder God says Lafreniere can be helped by Marty St. Louis. <clears throat> but I don't see the New York Rangers giving him away cheap. He's, um, he's, uh, listen, he is, um, he's not an untouchable. He's not an untouchable. I don't think he is. I really don't. Uh, others coming in and you can ask away, you can ask your questions here and Sammy will bring a couple in reminding you of course that the uh, the sick podcast is brought to you in part by la bit at tb embrace your true nature and also by energy transportation group driven to be different all right um so we'll see here others coming in yakupov was also a first overall alexander degle too by the way those unfortunately were two first overall that just you know their career didn't work out very well it just didn't. Um, uh, when Alexander Daig was drafted first overall, I remember him making a comment like that he wanted to be the drafted the first. He wanted to be drafted first overall because nobody remembers the second pick overall. And um, I think Chris Gratton was it was it Chris Gratton who was the second pick overall at that point. Um, I, I think it was Daigle that made that comment that he absolutely wanted to be first overall. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're first overall or second overall or third overall. What matters is the kind of career that you're going to have. Or was it Pronger? It was Pronger that was the second overall. It was Chris Pronger that was second overall that year. And obviously, Chris Pronger ended up having an awesome career, right? He was drafted by the uh, the Hartford Whalers, but he had a chance to play for several teams, and he was one of the biggest, toughest, stay-at-home defensemen who can also carry the puck, get a big shot from the point as well. Uh, this guy can hit like a truck. And, and so Daigle had a career that just, you know, sometimes, and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say this, but I'll say it anyway. You just got the feeling that Alexander Daigle was always very, very good. But, you know, you get the feeling that he loved the game because he was good more so than he actually loved it for any other reason. You know what I mean? And when it got to the biggest league in the world and you had to really, really work for it, at that point, it became difficult. Um, All right, okay. How can uh, Lafreniere develop when he's playing 8 to 10 minutes a game? Well, I think he was playing more than that, but... The Rangers tried to go all in this year. They did. They tried to go all in. And when you try and go all in, you end up playing your veterans over end up playing your kids. 
And that's what happens. And, uh, you know, if they can make, if, if Kane's going to be gone and Tarasenko is going to be gone, then there's increased responsibility for Lafreniere next year. And maybe he'll be better off. But look, he's still young in his career. He's 21 years old. Um, it's true that he was, it was zeros across the board, but I find it unfortunate that he's taking so much blame and, and take a look at, uh, Tage Thompson, for example, right? Five or six years later, some of these players, they just explode. Take a look at Jack Hughes's numbers getting better and better every year. He's an absolute superstar now in the national hockey league. You know, I wouldn't throw in the towel on Alexi Lafreniere. What would you trade to get Lafreniere? This coming in from Bobby. What would I trade to get Lafreniere? Well, I wouldn't trade the fifth pick overall to get Lafreniere. I wouldn't. Um, and you know what? If you go by the logic that, well, a better draft pick one year versus another draft pick, you win the trade. Don't forget, when Mark Bergevin traded Sergachev, who was drafted ninth, to get Drouin, who three years before was drafted third, Montreal thought for sure they won the trade because Jonathan Drouin was a third pick overall and Sergeyev was a ninth pick overall for sure. Michel Terrier back then, you know, was asked, you know, like, uh, you know, even later on when he was no longer coaching the Canadians, he always thought it was going to be a good deal for the Canadians because you're, once again, you're looking at third versus ninth. You can't look at it that way because some players, they're not at, you know, they're not as good as where they were drafted. Take a look at, for example, Lafreniere, right? Lafreniere was drafted first, and Stutzla was drafted third. Well, knowing what you know right now, who should have been drafted first between the two players? Obviously, Stutzla should have been drafted before Lafreniere. And there are so many more examples of this, by the way. Take a look at Nick Suzuki, okay? Nick Suzuki, in his draft year, he was drafted 13th overall. 13th by the Vegas Golden Knights. That year, Nico Hischier was drafted first. Nolan Patrick was drafted second. You look at Nolan Patrick now, and you look at Nick Suzuki, and Nolan Patrick is with, the, you know, he hasn't played. I mean, his last year was with the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, but his, his career ended because of concussions. Okay, I got you, but I'll, I'll give you other examples, all right? Cody Glass. Vegas drafted Cody Glass sixth overall. And then they drafted Suzuki 13th overall. So when you take a look at that draft, Nico Hischier, Nolan Patrick, Miro Hishkinen, Kale McCarr, Elias Pedersen, and Nick Suzuki is 13th. Nick Suzuki can easily be, easily keep, he can easily be top five in that draft. So, you know, those are things that you have to be aware of. Those are definitely things you have to be aware of. Others coming in. Depends on a good development club. Sad story that Patrick Kitts says, uh, Bobby, you're absolutely right. A very sad story. Unfortunately, concussions, man, that's the, um, that's the injury that you want to avoid. A leg injury, you can end up rehabilitating the leg. Um, a groin injury, you can rehabilitate that. Other injuries, a shoulder injury, you could rehabilitate that. You can rehabilitate them. You can do the physio. You can do the osteo. You can do the acupuncture. You can do the, the fascia stretch therapy that my buddy uh, Charlie does over at Optimal Stretch. You can do a lot of things. The head, once the brain is bruised, very, very difficult to rehabilitate that. You can't. And by the way, 
and I read this last week. I'm not sure if it's in Ontario, but you know concussions. Often you'll hear doctors say, uh, "Okay, you know what?" Or teams say, "He can come back after a week." You know, a week he's got the green light, he comes back. There are some cities, there are some provinces now that are making it mandatory. You suffer a concussion, you're out for a month. That is really, really good news because you know what? It's just it's not worth it to come back early and then you bruise your brain again. Because when you start bruising your brain three, four, or five times, let me tell you, the rest of your life is affected. Never mind your hockey career, never mind your sports career. You know, careers, they average what four or five years. Professional athletes end up averaging, you know, they end up retiring probably at an average age of 25, 26, whatever it is. It's not everyone that plays until 35 years old. But even those that do, you know, like you have to be able to do something else for the rest of your life. Not everyone makes money, you know. But if your brain's not working, is it worth it? It's not worth it. Danik Martel of the Laval Rocket, who's got, you know, he has that dream. The dream is to play in the National Hockey League. The dream is to play for the Montreal Canadiens. The concussions are adding up. Jean-Francois Hull said at the end of the year, he had a conversation with him. It was it was like a father-to-son conversation. One asked, you know, if he thinks Danik Martel is going to come back to play hockey, he said, I don't think so. I really don't. It is 11.02. Tomorrow night, I have, uh, back in the day, back in the radio day, I had quite the uh, discussions with the people over at the Sports Hub 98.5 in Boston. I called on and also with uh, the folks over at WEEI in Boston. I was going back and forth with both radio stations. I called on one gentleman with one of those radio stations. He was busy tonight. He told me he's going to join me tomorrow night. So be back, same time, same place, and uh, we'll make sure we have the whole Internet thing figured out. It happens every now and then. Folks, folks, um, there are some podcasts where it won't freeze, not for a second, not for 10 seconds, not for a minute. Those podcasts, they don't go live. They record. They edit everything out. And should they freeze, they take it all out, this, that. We do things I, I, I like to do. I like to do. I like to do live radio and I, I like to do live podcasts where I have the reaction from all of you. I get the community. I get the army involved, the sick community, the sick army. You ask questions. You have a chance to communicate with each other. You have a chance to chat with each other. You have a chance to get to know each other. It's live. That's what it is. And I want to do things live. I want to do it for you. I want to do it live. So you can give me a media reaction to what I'm saying so that you can call in when I'm saying something so that you can you can text so that you can chat. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Twitter. And um, that's why it's a sick podcast. Special thanks once again to everyone supporting the podcast to Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard over at Energy Transportation Group to my buddies Aldo Geloso. Ted Farache and staff over at the Geloso Beverage Group, distributors of La Bit TV, and to my friends Ali and Vito at Excel Moto, ExcelMoto.com. For Agnello and Sammy, back at Master Control at our headquarters in Kirkland, they're Cavallaro, I'm Marinero. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. 
Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.